Welcome to the show, Paul George, Adam Conk, talking Art of Living. Great to be with you today. So good to be with you. How are you, man? I'm great. I'm loving the Easter season. It's a, a good time. My, my son's making First Communion this coming weekend, and my daughter has a birthday. You so. almost have a First Communion every year and a birthday every <laughs> month. Kind of. I mean, with seven kids? Seven kids. And then you and your wife, it's nine people. How many months do you guys cover in birthdays? Um, seven months. Seven months? Yeah. Wow. And most of them are this month, so... May? Yeah, it's an expensive month. May's a big <laughs> expensive month for me, too. So it's it's uh, my wife and daughter's birthday, have my anniversary and Mother's mm-hmm. Day, all boom, 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 and boom. Boom, boom. Well, ha- happy anniversary. When is it? Later this month. But like what At day? the end. What You don't know the day? It's May 30th. <gasps> Good job. May 30th, 1997. It'll be 22 years. Precious. Best decision I ever made in my life. And we're May 26th, 2007. Really? It'll be 12 years. Yeah, we're 10 years apart. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The same weekend, basically. Yeah. You were Memorial Day weekend? I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. So anyway, dude, we should do like a anniversary thing one year. Get Go like out a to fun dinner. jump or something. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Well, I'm t- I am 10 years older than you, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so I might break a knee or something. <laughs> that would be a great memory, don't you think? <laughs> oh, the anniversary where I broke a knee. <laughs> On the fun jump. <laughs> On the fun jump. Because of Adam. Yeah, that's great. Speaking of broken knees, man, um, have you seen this? What did you say? That is so interesting. Are you for real, though? Uh, I am for real. And um, I don't know if you've seen this, but, you know, it's just passed that you know, 2019 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feeling drafty. Feeling drafty. Now, it's not draft beer, although that would be cool if they would have draft would beer be cool. at the NFL draft. Um, but the NFL draft is where teams, you know, the 32 NFL teams, uh, not to bore everyone out there, um, <laughs> drafts new players onto their team. It's they exciting. They're seven rounds and, and they pick people. And, you know, it's all this controversy. If you follow sports, you know, it's fun and, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, whoever's team, you know, you follow out there, you're interested in who they picked and whatnot. So the NFL draft happened. But here's the question that I had for you, speaking of draft. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have no idea where I'm going with this. No. no like, clue. literally. <laughs> this is... We do not have pre-show planning meetings. Well, you know, when you surprise me on the back end of the show with the six-pack of questions, mm-hmm. I'm coming at you. This is this is me. <laughs> no mercy. Slinging arrows back at. Okay, so NFL draft. You have seven rounds to pick the best players for you. Now, you know, obviously in round one, you pick the better players available, and then as mm-hmm. you get, you know, down, you know, the line, it just like on the playground at recess. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there are people who got picked in the late rounds who ended up being great. NFL players. So, you know, you yeah. never determine. Like Tom Brady, one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks ever, was picked in the sixth round, right? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like what motivates him. Like, you you know, you, you passed up on me, and now he's just a dagger, you know, in everyone's side. Dagger. Okay, so anyway, speaking of daggers, uh, here's the question. Um, so if you could have a draft mm-hmm. of Saints, <laughs> not most popular, but like the best Saints for you that you would put on your team to like win at life, okay? <laughs> and I, we don't have to go through seven rounds. But if you had to do three rounds, you get three picks or four, if you could, uh, who would you pick on your team 
You're just like, they're on my draft board, and I'm going for it. Padre Pio. Ooh. Francis of Assisi. He's not a sissy. No, he's not. Assisi. Uh, Mother Teresa. And it's tough. Either Ignatius of Loyola. Okay. Or Francis Xavier, his friend. Okay. Okay, so you're you're on your draft board. Those are your top four. Now, there's Mm -hmm. so many. Okay, so like this is just fun on the spot. But give me why. So if you're convincing me on your draft board Mm -hmm. why you picked those, why would it be? So... Well, it covers all of it, all right? So Padre Pio. Padre Pio is the miracle man. So if I need a miracle, come through, he's baby. the guy. Yeah, stigmata, I mean, bilocating, stigmata, levitating, deal, right? all of it. He okay. can do it. <laughs> he's got it going on. <laughs> you know, if it's yeah. fourth down and mm-hmm. we need the Hail Mary, I'm going to Padre Pio. Okay. Um, all right, then St. Francis of Assisi because he's a franchise player. I mean, everybody knows Francis of Assisi. So I can mm. sell tons of merchandise. All right. That's great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Everybody's he, got a statue, <laughs> right? He's he's our franchise player, <laughs> and then uh, that's good. Mother Teresa, because she can, uh, t- well, tending to the poor. Obviously, she can take care of that level of needs of humanity. Mm-hmm. But also, people give her, her and her sisters tons of money, even though she doesn't ask. Okay. So we're gonna need some income and do some good work yes. on the team. I like that. <laughs> She's your GM. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Francis Xavier because uh, he's going to keep getting new members to the church. He baptized more than anybody else ever. So, you know, keep flooding the, the people in. You know, it's like keep having drafts with, with Francis Xavier. Keep bringing the people in. Hmm. So that's that's my list. Wow, that's good. Thanks. I mean, on the spot, that was the best Dude, I could that was it. like the best. <laughs> like, you just hit a home run. Like on the spot, like you had no idea that question was coming. What about you? And and you're just perfect for this draft because you're like <laughs> Catholic nerd, <laughs> top of the list. It's like spot on. Well, can you imagine Mother Teresa and St. Francis Xavier in a room talking about stuff? So Jesus. Like, talking Jesus. about Jesus. But like like what we're gonna do. Let's say we're they're planning something together, you know, and he's like this missionary of missionaries and she's like this missionary of charity, you know, so very this person, he's like, go, you know? So they balance each other. And I think there'd be a great energy. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, who would you pick? Okay, so... Um, I took those. You can't have them. No. No, there's plenty out there. <laughs> there's plenty out there. Okay? So I'm going with, um, you know, you know, I wasn't expecting to answer the question. I was just throwing it out yeah, at you, and I was gonna, uh-huh. moving on. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going with some warriors, man. All right. Yeah, on my team. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't not have Joan of Arc. Oof. Okay, swinging the blade, man. Mm-hmm. Coming at you, not afraid for the battle. You know, Joan of Arc, you know, uh, just was a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, fighter for truth, fighter, you know, what we know about her. And then she was burned at the stake, right? Mm-hmm. Set on fire, right? Yeah. And you want to be on fire. I do. And a good, uh, yeah, a good yeah. One. So I want her on my team. Like she's going to come out, and she's just not going to be afraid to to play in the fourth quarter. That's pretty strong. Okay. Is that like your first round pick? That's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I haven't decided which order, but I'm, okay, and, right. you know, but she's she's there. Mm-hmm. She's like, there. Like I'm not passing her up. You know, and this <laughs> is what they say about the draft board. Okay, they say like when it gets to you, because you could have a player on your draft board, but the team above you picks it. Mm-hmm. So they say when it gets to you, like the sh- strategy of the draft 
is you pick the best player, mm-hmm. okay, no matter what position. Mm-hmm. So you you got to go for the best. So if someone picks someone else, it's like boom, you know. But if if she was available and it came to me, I got I got to grab gotta get. I got to right. grab Joan of Arc. That's a good pick. Okay, uh, the second one I'm grabbing is uh, Saint Augustine. Like, this is what I imagine about St. Augustine. I mean, he had such a powerful conversion, but he wasn't afraid. Even before his conversion, he wasn't afraid. And after his conversion, he wasn't afraid. Mm-hmm. Like, he had, so, uh, like, a certain boldness about him. So so here's what I, my image of St. Augustine is that he's going to beat you in um, a verbal <laughs> theological battle, mm-hmm. and then he'll beat you up after. Nice. Like, that's kind of what I imagine nice. him, him doing. I like, like it. Like, oh, yeah? You don't agree with me? Let's take it outside. Yeah. So, like, if you had St. Saint Joan of Arc and St. Augustine and somebody was causing some theological trouble, you'd put Augustine on that. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Okay, now I'm, I'm throwing out, a like, a, a right turn here, a little head spinner. St. John Christendom. Okay. You know what it means, golden. right? Golden. The golden tongue. Yeah. He's my trash talker, bro. Mm. Like, he's coming out. <laughs> and, hey, better, better, better. And he is trash talking, and he's getting it done. Like, he's getting in the other team's head, right? And, you know, before we know, we're winning the game because they're all rattled. Mm. You know? So St. John Christendom means the golden tongue. Like, he was a preacher, mm-hmm. right? Um, he was, you know, he, he could just preach like it was no one's business. Like it was no one's business. I like it. You like that one? I like it a lot. You weren't expecting that one, huh? No, but I like it. So far, it's strong. <clears throat> All right. How are you going to close the, the draft here? Okay, so I'll give you a hint. Um, he lived in a concentration camp. Died in a concentration camp. He was a priest. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Who? St. Maximilian Colby. St. Maximilian Colby. Great choice. Uh, I'm going with him. He's That's uh, going to be my contemporary saint on the draft yep. board all right yep. so you went with mother Teresa, yeah as your contemporary saint mm-hmm. meaning love of, of our time um you know world war ii right um concentration camp he steps forth gives his life for someone else says no i'll die in his place like you know when you're when you're in the heat of the battle you want someone who's going to step up mm-hmm. right take on the block Mm-hmm. For you, yeah, he's like your spiritual lineman. He, like every play, <laughs> every play, just follow him. Follow, follow yeah. his block. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a guy on my team. He was so big, like literally, I would just follow him. You know, and if I <laughs> followed him, I wasn't going to get the first down. Right, I'm following Maximilian Kobe. Mm-hmm. Right, um, so he would be my contemporary draft, hands down. Hey, Maximilian, what do we do in this moment? You give up your life. That's what you do. Because mm-hmm. that's, me, that's what saints do. I like it. They, they give up their life. It's a strong team. Hmm. Now, will our teams play each other? or? I mean, how, <laughs> how fun would that be? <laughs> how fun would that be? Right? Maybe in heaven we could do that. Right? Yeah. And here's the thing about this, is that we're all called to be saints. No hands, you know, and no no argument there. Like, if you're listening in, like, we're all called. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, but sorry. Like, do your baptism, like, you're called to be saints. And we could literally do this draft all day and all night. There are so many yeah. people who have lived their life for something greater than themselves, and we now call them saints, right? Um, like, there are so many. There, there are literally so many. So we could just keep drafting. Matter of fact, we should make this like a, how often should we do a saints draft? About once a year at draft time. Ooh. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. Okay, so uh, last question. Oh, there's another one? Here, here's another one. Real quick. Um, okay, 
the draft's over, and you regretted not drafting one saint that you didn't draft earlier. Who would it be? And I can go back. I can go back and draft them. You you could sign them as a free agent. Free agent. Yeah, you didn't get to draft them, but you can sign them as a free agent. I would have to go with St. Paul. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if I have St. Paul on my team, all right, first of all, he he's going to be the motivator of the whole team. Captain Claire. Everyone's going to look to St. Paul. Yeah, we're, he's the leader. To motivate, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, did St. Paul you know, lead the French people into battle or, you know, no. But he's he's like part of the original team. It's like, uh, you know, Vince Lombardi, mm-hmm. right? It's like playing with a guy like that. Yeah. So all of my players are going to be fired up yep. because we have a yep. legend mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. Plus, he's going to know the right things to say. He did write half the, most of the New Testament. Yeah, so yeah most of it. He's got some good words. Dude, this was good, hands down. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so don't. Don't turn off uh, the show or the podcast. We're going to be diving deep. We're going to hit hard. So Art of Living (laughs) (laughs) Draft 2019, Paul and Adam. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam here talking Art of Living. Dude, that was fun. Yeah, I feel fired up. They call it the war room. Really? Yeah, like the draft room. Like, how would you like to be in a war room where you're, like, you know, doing the draft? Like, it's my secret dream, by the way. Like, you know, to be, like, you know. In there. In there, in the sports Mm -hmm. world. So, you know, I'm playing this out. But, you know, the greater cause that we have for our life is to live as saints. Hands down, like, there's no question. Whatever career we're in, no matter what we do, like, above everything else is, you know, to be about the Father, to, to, to worship Him and Him alone. We do that. You know, our goal is to become saints, you know? And when we get to heaven, like, like that's our destiny. That's our goal. Like, that's that's our aim in life, right? Mm. Yeah, and there's I think there's some confusion out there because I hear people say, you know, good Catholics and people speaking even, like speaking to other Catholics, discouraging people from trying to be a saint in the sense of, you know, don't worry about being perfect. You know, don't worry about being a saint. Like, just be you. The reality is, the real me is St. Adam. Right. That is the real me. The most authentic you following Jesus is on the road to sainthood. Like, we, I can't be a saint today. Like, I can do saintly things. Right. I'm certainly frailed and failed, right? Like, I'm imperfect, so are you, so is everyone listening. Um, and I think oftentimes we think of saints as, you know, perfect people. I remember hearing stories of, of how often John Paul II, St. John Paul the second would go to confession, mm-hmm. and I was like floored, and I was like, "Yeah, well, that was what makes him a saint is because he's so aware of his own brokenness and sinfulness, and his ability to to trust and rely on God's grace, right? And I'm nowhere near that, not yet. Like I'm coming aware of that. So, like, oftentimes we think of sainthood as like, you know, 
perfection. Like we're on the road to sainthood. Like that's our goal. Uh, but we're, we're not there today. I can do saintly things, holy things, but you know, like, but to settle for mediocrity, like what's the point? You know, and I think that's honestly what's killing Christianity today. Yeah. Is people's ability or desire or, you know, unknowingness to just settle for, for mediocrity, you know? And I think, you know, if you, people were asked, well, why is Christianity not growing or why aren't our churches growing or whatever the case may be? Um, yeah, because Christians are living a mediocre life. There's nothing that sets us apart. Like, nothing really sets us apart unless we do something that sets us apart, right? Something saintly and holy, something loving, you know? Um, and yeah, like what, what's the difference between me and someone who's not a Christian unless I'm living differently? And differently isn't just better, like I'm a better person than someone. It's, it's, it's literally a different life. And I think that's what people and I don't get sometimes is like I, the judgment of life, like when I get to heaven or stand before Jesus before I hopefully get to heaven, judgment is not going to be were you a good person compared to other people? Like, were you at least a little better than most people? Oh, you were? Well, then come on in. Judgment is like, these are all the moments throughout your life that I called you. Hmm. And this is how you responded. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, it's not that it's just me and him, but what I'm saying is our, our holiness is dependent on our fidelity to Jesus. It's not a comparison between us and other people. And we can pursue holiness because we can be faithful to Jesus. Right. It is possible. Yep. Even if we're not the best at this or the most consistent at that or the most faithful at this, you know, like whatever we're talking about compared to other people, I can be faithful to Jesus in my life because he makes that possible for me. Not because I'm great, but because he makes this relationship possible. Yep. And that is holiness. And I should strive to be completely faithful. Yep. Absolutely. And look, here's the deal, man. Uh, until we want to love Jesus more than everything else, and follow him more than anything else, and be about him more than anything else, then ourselves is just constantly getting the way, right? And, and that's hard enough as it is. And last week I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, Michelle Benzinger, and her husband, Chris, and she does the podcast abiding together it's a women's podcast and i don't know they've had like a million two million downloads already like you know ladies are listening you know good. and it's good and michelle's coming on our show before a long time ago and yeah this is michelle. show 101 by the way uh, it is congrats right? yeah we're over the hill it's true yeah all downhill from here it's all down <laughs> so anyway we're we were talking she and she quoted um she, she gave this quote that that she didn't quote, but she quoted a quote uh, from this this female um, preacher. Um, her name is Christine Kane, and she was speaking to, um, you know, at an event, um, mainly probably, you know, young adult, millennials, and, you know, worship leaders, and what yada, 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 whatever. And she said this, she said this, and it really, really struck me. She says, um, until, um, and, and if... If the light on you is brighter than the light in you, then you're destined for failure. Something like that. Like, like if you you desire the light on you, like to be famous or to be known or you know to be on social media and to be always out there, and and that's what you want your service and love of Jesus to look like is a light 
on you and that's your goal, uh, and that's greater than the light in you, then, then you're you're already like on the wrong path. And here's the thing, man. Like I see this all the time. I see this all the time in the church, in the Christian church, Catholic church, among speakers and ministers and priests and lay people, is they want to be known and seen, and they're on social media, and they're snapping, and they're doing all this stuff, and it's like, man, the more I'm out there, the more people will know that I love Jesus and and all this stuff, and, you know, it's like, if the light on you is greater than the light in you, ooh, like, unless you're about downward mobility, I would say watch out. What do you mean, downward mobility? Like if you notice the life of Jesus, if you notice the saints that we're talking about in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, I don't, I can't ever read about any saint who desired to be known. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like honestly, and if you look at the life of Jesus, like, uh, like Jesus, like descended mm-hmm. <laughs> downward. Like it was, it was downward mobility. How did he end his life? By washing feet and dying on a cross. Like literally like his life went downward as, as he served and loved more, right? Like if we follow Jesus, like isn't that what we're supposed to be about? Like this idea that w- the downward mobility, this idea of loving and serving, not desiring to be known, uh, not desire to be famous or seen and look at me. And we live honestly like, Honestly, like we live in a tough world. It's all about like what's next. And if I'm not out there, then I'm not gaining traction and then no one's going to know me. And you think there was a day that Mother Teresa, who was on your draft board, thought about being known more? No. Like, like I think the crowd gave her, gave her like anxiety. Like I think she like was almost to the point where she is like, yeah, I don't want anything of it. Now she would do it because it was great for the kingdom of God. But, you know, she would go straight from there to the streets of Calcutta, not like posting things on Instagram, like follow me. Yeah. I haven't looked into this, but I'm curious if the missionaries of charity even have like a Facebook page or, or even a website. <laughs> yeah. I would be shocked if they did, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, You know, and look, there are people out there like, look, this is the best way to get out there and preach the gospel. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to argue that point. Like, this is not the debate. Like, uh, we can get the word out there in many ways: video, yeah. art. Um, well, again, you know, it's not so much internet. What needs to be done? Yes, but it's the fidelity of the Christ in whatever you do. Right. If Christ is calling you to have a Facebook page and, and nail it, as someone who operates a church Facebook page, right. Then to be faithful to him, I have to nail it. Right. But if if your desire is not to to make Jesus known above everything else, then like like as, right. as a Christian, like what's left? You? Right. Like are, like are people like no one's saved by me. Right. I don't know if you know not that. Not one. Not one. Not zero person. Not even your wife. Is not saved kids, by yeah. me. Like like it's just it like at the end of the day, if I don't leave people Jesus that I left them myself, oh, I'm gonna be accountable to that. Like so mm-hmm. if I'm looking at the road to sainthood. And the road to sainthood is is like like highlighting me. Like I, I gotta check myself. Like if the light on me is greater than the light in me. Like this word for me has just been really like if the light on me is greater than the light in me, it I think it's a word for the church. Yeah. Because, you know, narcissism at its at its highest. You know, to be known like anybody can be known and seen. And if we don't if we're not following Jesus to the point where we learn how to be hidden, how to learn how to have some downward mobility, 
learn how to hit the streets of Calcutta per se, quote unquote, like where's your Calcutta, like serve there where nobody sees and knows and you don't take pictures. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a place where you go love and serve and disciple and, and that's the place and you don't highlight it and take pictures, like you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I found in my limited experience of working for the Lord that the toughest part about holiness and about ministry and all of it is just getting out of Jesus's way. And it's what you're talking about. It's this reality of God is present and wanting something. He has a will for people. He has a will for this person, that person, for me. And the only thing blocking that will from being accomplished is the aspects of freedom that are involved in it. My choice, your choice, your choice. And I think the art of living, the art of holiness, important aspect is to learn to get out of God's way so that he does what he's trying to accomplish in me and around me, you know, like through my life, but also in those who are in my life and that I wouldn't have this, this, um, notion that I am somehow the savior of the situation, Mm -hmm. which is hard because you like, I don't speaking from experience, but it's easy to think I am the savior of the situation that I have the idea that will make things right, that I have the plan, the whatever, but the reality is that's never true. If you can't like let go once. of it, if you can't walk away from it, you're attached to it. Mm-hmm. I, and here's another saint on your draft board. Like I keep, you know, highlighting mm-hmm. your draft board because you're not highlighting mine. But uh, <laughs> no, I love your draft. What board. I love about when you read about Saint Paul is that he would go mm-hmm. into the city preach. Sometimes he would stay short times, sometimes long, but then he would leave. He'd be like, "I'm out, y'all." Right. And they're like, "Wait, what?" And right. He's like, "No, I'm out. I'll this, send you a letter in a few I'll months. I'll send you a letter in a few months because guess what? <laughs> this is about him, not me." Right. Like you're not supposed to love me and serve me and accept me as your Lord and say, I'm, I'm bouncing, I'm out. And look, mm-hmm. this is a day where only a letter, no telling how many years later you would get that letter, you know, and he would just go into the next city. Like, like, and, and then he would write about his suffering and pain. Like he would go to his Calcutta and not write about it. I can't imagine how many people he met with and discipled and loved and, and prayed over that we don't even know about. Like he right. didn't even write about. The vast majority of Exactly. Imagine. And he had the ability to have downward mobility. That's what that's what saints do. And and at any point, like we begin to take the stage in the spotlight and <laughs> like, whoa, and and cover you know what Jesus is doing. Like you said, like it is Jesus that's doing the work. Like we mm-hmm. have to learn the art of like stepping away, stepping aside. Uh, God uses us, but He doesn't. I mean, need us. Right. He he wants us. He wants us. He wants us. None of it is dependent on us. But he invites us to be a part of his church. Right? The, like, Jesus saved the world without you, Adam. Mm. I don't know if you know that. He did. He actually saved. He saved you without you. Mm. But he saved you because he wanted you mm-hmm. more than anything else. I mean, this is, this is the thing. Like, Like, we need... We need to grow the light in us. Well, you know? in, in return, we don't need to be saints in the sense that we're talking, canonizable saints to get to heaven, but we should want to be. We should want to be. You know, we shouldn't seek the bare minimum of entry into the kingdom of God. <laughs> we should seek to do the Father's will totally because that's the type of love he showed us. Yeah. He could save us many ways, but he gave everything. And yeah. we could love him in return in many ways, 
Oh, all right, I'll pick. I'll pick a saint on your board. Okay. So Saint Augustine, right? And huge conversion. You're right. And I think this is something we we struggle with a lot of of being ashamed with ourselves or like feeling like we're not what we're supposed to be or whatever. And this idea of like who we really are, our identity. You know, Saint Augustine's identity, even when he was a sinner even when he was away from the church, and a heretic, because, I mean, he accepted certain aspects of Christianity but distorted it long before he was baptized. He was a manichaeist. It was, so it wasn't just, like, completely on the outside. He was actually making life difficult for the church for a while. A lot like St. Paul. A lot like St. Paul. And yet, who is St. Augustine? Who is Augustine, really, that was always guarded and contained in the heart of Jesus? Who, Augustine, the name, is first in the heart of Jesus, and then it's on my birth certificate, you know, like Adam. It's first in his heart, and then it's on my birth certificate. It's not the other way around. So, like, is is Augustine his adultery? Is Augustine his, his uh, you know, his, his uh, heresy? Hmm. No, like, Saint Augustine is Jesus's Augustine, and he discovered who he really is and became more of who he really is by becoming who we know and who we'll know for eternity if we go to heaven. And so for us, when we talk about the call to holiness, we talk about the call to discover who we are in the heart of Christ, which is who we really are, because he determines what's real, right? And so there is nothing fake about someone who's pursuing holiness, even if they mess up or sin. The fake part is the sin. It's not the striving. Like, the sin is not really me. St. Paul talked about this. It's not the authentic God. It's not me. It's me acting like someone else. Hmm. It's me acting like a sick person. It's me acting like someone who doesn't love Jesus, but it's not me in the heart of Jesus is who I really am. Right. And uh, and so St. Paul described this as grace in my members, but also sin in my members, mm. you know? I do what I do not want to do. Like, I do not want to do it. So, yeah, I think your saint, good pick, is a good reminder for all of us who struggle with holiness but might might be too hard on ourselves or prideful like we should be much better than we are. The reality is we are a gift. Our identity is a gift given by God to us in the world. That is... We didn't make it. Like, we didn't create ourselves. We didn't determine who we were, what our gifts and talents were, or our identity, any of it. Like it's, and it's kept safe for us in Jesus' heart. So no matter what we do, we are not going to destroy the identity God has given us. Yep. Yeah, we have that through just, you know, him creating us, you know, and that, that is confirmed in our baptism. You know, we're adopted sons and daughters of God. We have his name on our hearts Mm -hmm. like we become his like we have his inheritance like everything about me you know like one of the things like um like in private i'm a crier what yeah like like uh like weekly no but like there's certain (laughs) like things that like will will tear me up Mm -hmm. okay so like one of the things is like when they have the reuniting of these military families oh yeah the surprise reuniting that'll get you it gets me every time but the one that like gets me really is like when a family does a surprise adoption of a kid and it's like an adult kid and and they tell them like you know we're we're adopting you in our family and everybody just falls apart like you've ever seen those like no. it's just oh you got to look them up you got to mm-hmm. look them up it's been like maybe a foster child or or someone oh, who's yeah. been living, and then they decide to adopt them and it's like it's like now you have our name like our identity as a family mm-hmm. right and when we come in relationship with the Lord, like, you know, like, like we, we, we receive a new name. Like we, we come to fruition of our, our identity 
but you're right. Like that's never taken away. Mm. You know, your name, your family, it's always with you. Like you always come back like the prodigal son. Like, like he never, he, he never, he didn't, he gave away his inheritance, but his name didn't give away his identity. Yes, exactly. And when he needed his identity back, where did he come back to? To the father. Mm -hmm. Right. He came back to the father who reminded him who 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 he was, who Who kept kept the ring safe, kept it like, we can't destroy who we are. Right. As hard as we try. Like, what's more saintly, you know? I mean, there's nothing more saintly. I don't want to compare that, but there's nothing more saintly than, like, returning mm-hmm. in our sinfulness to the Father. Mm-hmm. Right? John Paul II did that. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, <laughs> like his, his sins and confession were, like, so small, you know? Like, in a sense of, like, you know, like, yeah, like I drew graffiti on the Vatican wall. Or something. Yeah, like one of my priest <laughs> friends say, like first confe- reconciliation service with like the second graders, mm-hmm. it's like it's like someone throwing popcorn at you. You know, it's just you know, it's like if only it stayed that way. If only it stayed that way, <laughs> you know. But 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 the road to sainthood is is a return to the Father, His love for us constantly. You know, and this is what this is what I love about the baptism of Jesus. He goes and then he goes into the desert and. You know, Satan tempts him, and he says, "I'm about my father's business." Mm. You know, get behind me, Satan. I'm about my father's business. I'm about him. Like, like he's the light. Like, like he's the spotlight. The light in me is greater than the light on me. You know, I desire to be about him, and 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 nothing else. And it, unless we have those checks and balances in our life, like we we will. Be about us, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, what's what's holding you accountable to that? You know, like, who's helping form you? And I think people get to the point in their life, they're like, well, I'm forming myself. What? <laughs> oh, I read a book. Huh? <laughs> like, like, really? Like, where, you know, like, who are you in relationship with? You know? Hopefully, you know, in, in, in your vocation, your marriage, but also in community, in friendship, where you're constantly growing and learning downward mobility. Well, let me ask you this. Could you see a scenario where a Catholic could become the saint God's calling him to be without receiving communion at least weekly or often or at all? Like, say, let's say I'm just going to become a saint without communion. Like, is that even well, realistic? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into debate, but I'm sure that there are martyrs who didn't receive communion no but like i'm gonna i don't need that oh i don't i don't need the church right like in other words um i'm catholic and i'm gonna become a saint but i really don't need this communion stuff or i don't need confession really i don't need the sacraments like i'm just gonna we would say well buddy you're probably not thinking about that clearly well i it would be like okay it would be like someone saying i'm gonna be married but i don't need my spouse right like that, like that, we just, you can't, right. you can't separate, you can't be married and not have your spouse in the marriage, you know, like. Right. Well, we cannot become a saint without the sacrament of the church. Yeah. Like, it's impossible. Because the Lord left us the church, it left us, you know, the sacraments, the community, a way to worship, a way to pray, a way to learn, grow, be formed. Like, like for us to be isolated on our own, you know, I have never seen a saint who was a solo artist. Even the hermits. Na- name one. Name one. Who what? Who didn't have companions? Who didn't have a community? Like who who wasn't in relationship with the church and with other people? Like I don't know one. Like no. like the sin of the church is isolation. 
And like every scandal you see in the church, what is it? Isolation. Someone's isolated, they, they get trapped in the sin, and boom, right? That's what happens. Yeah. We stop being formed and growing, you know? And so the light on us becomes greater than the light in us. Like we have one of our checks and balances is like, how are we growing the light in us? How are we falling deeper and deeper in love with Jesus? You know, mm -hmm. and we can't do that on our own. Like that's impossible. No, because love is an act that requires at least two people. Like I cannot love myself to heaven. Right. But like mother Teresa loved this, dying person in the gutter and then that person and then and so this gift of self that is the church like we we should be loving each other like this this is the church the church is not we're in each other's lives once a week or or even every day of the week and we show up for bible studies and we're just whatever the church is us giving ourselves to each other out of love all the time yeah and um, without this, we can't do it. Now, I don't need you to give yourself to me all the time. Like Mother Teresa met lots of people who didn't like her. But I have to be committed to loving every person I come in contact with, this gift of self to everyone, or else I'm not really a Christian. St. John says, you know, you say you love God, but you hate your brother. You're a liar. And that's every person is my brother, my sister. Yep. And... Um, Anyway, so, yeah, I think isolation is a big deal. Also, allowing us to treat certain people because we justify it to ourselves badly or certain people in a way that we wouldn't treat Jesus. Let, let me give you an, a contemporary example of sainthood, mm -hmm. of downward mobility. Okay? Uh, John Paul II. Uh, I would say probably one of the most famous popes, mainly because he was the most traveled. He lived in a contemporary time where, where access to travel and you know, all, all the things of getting, you know, seeing someone. And then as, as his life went on, he, you, you, you could watch him, the humility grow in him. Like you could watch the sainthood grow until the very end to where he, he, he actually allowed us to watch him die. Mm. I mean, think about that. Like, mm -hmm. think about it. he, what I thought about when John Paul II died is he's teaching us how to die, mm. how to suffer. Because the world doesn't know how to suffer and die and rely on Jesus. I mean, downward mobility of loving Jesus. To the point of, he discipled other people by the way he did that. Let me make this point. What did the next pope do? Well, he resigned. Pope Benedict humbled himself enough to say, I can't, I can't, even, I can't even do this job worthy anymore. I'm gonna st I'm gonna be hidden, not because of scandal, mm. because it's what Jesus wants me to do. And people mm. were like, "Wait, you can't do that." He's like, "No, no, no, I can do what Jesus wants me to do." Mm. Like the humility of the most powerful person in the church to resign. Like, like think about it. And and I I, I think he he looked at John Paul II and said, "The humility," and then. I want to model that like Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like the downward mobility. And if more people modeled that in their life, like, man, we would be all about Jesus. We would be modeling. We would look different. We would model to the world as Christians, what it's like to, to follow Jesus and not live a life that's about us. Yeah. And I think at the heart of that is this habit of being aware of the presence of Christ in my life right now. So 
for example, right now in this room, or right now as I'm listening in my car, right now as I'm listening at off wherever you're listening to this, right? Like right now, am I aware that Christ is present to me, hmm. that he's alive, and that he is with me right now? Um, and am I in the habit of thinking about this? Because when I am aware of Christ's presence, I act like myself. I act like the saint I'm called to be. Because we are called to follow Christ. But if I'm not aware that he's even leading me, then I cannot follow him. You know. And so Pope Benedict, John Paul II, developed a habit throughout their life of being aware of Christ's presence to them and calling them in the moment to something. Amen. And following that. And it's just a habit. It's not, it became so ingrained to them that they don't know what else to do. That's right. We need, this is sainthood. This is holiness. Is that we are we become habitually following Christ in every moment of our life. Boom. Anything less is not the the full call of the gospel. So we should all strive for it. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it at all, but the ones that have modeled it for us have shown us that Christ is faithful. He's present to every person, and He's calling everyone at every moment. Amen. All right, we're gonna take a break. It's Paul and Adam talking to our living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam in studio talking art of living. It's been a great Saintly living. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to the draft board, man. That was fun. That was fun. You uh, did well with your, with your list. I have a feeling somebody's going to steal our idea. You think? Yeah, they're going to do And like make a real Saint draft? So probably. I'll probably make a million dollars doing it somehow. Yeah, but I copyrighted it. So You did? Yep. That was it, quick. It's ours because it's all about me. That was very quick. <laughs> it's all about me. You know what? They can have it. They can have the it's idea. It's all about me, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Is that a song? No, I just made it up. I copyrighted oh. that too, so uh, <laughs> I get royalties. Now, for <clears throat> those, this is our 101st episode. Yep. But for those that don't remember, like, I don't know, episode... Do we get Dalmatians? Four or five. Hey, good idea. It was somewhere around four or five, six area, but we talked about how you actually did co-write a song mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I just want to remind our listeners, because I think this is... But you talk about downward mobility. No one would know that I wrote a song. They <laughs> <laughs> will never find it. But, like, you literally are copyrighted as a co-author or whatever they call it. Yeah, I get royalties on, like, like I get partial, partial, partial royalties on partials, <laughs> on like four songs, and I think last year, for the whole year, I think I made twelve dollars. That's pretty good. Yeah, man, it's better than I thought it would be. I mean, that's like twelve dollars for the year. Wait, four songs? Yeah. I thought it was one. No, it's two with one artist. Hit me with it. Um, guy named Matt Moore, yeah. and then two with another artist, guy named Josh Blakesley. But it's partial on just the word. So there, I think there's, you know. So like you wrote like one twelfth of the words, so you get one twelfth of the. No, so the way it works on royalty is, uh, so there's two parts of the song. 
there's like the words, the writing, and then mm-hmm. there's the musical portion. Mm-hmm. So if you write both, then you get 100% royalty on the song. Okay, but if you co-write the words, then there's you you split that, and then if you co-write the music part, then you split that. If you know, so I just co-wrote the word part, so I get a fourth of the royalty. Nice. Okay, so there's four parts. Basically. And what songs are these? Do you remember? Um, <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> you <laughs> you get a royalty check every year. One remember. song I remember off the top of my head is called "Wonderful to Me." It was on Matt's first record, but. Wonderful I, to me. I, I okay. gotta look at the other ones. I really don't, don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like I really don't, and I'm not even joking. I can't even remember. Uh, I mean, it was that, good that long ago. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We don't have a lot of time, but we are, we are gonna get to a six pack of questions. Question. All right. So this is the six pack of sainting. How okay. to saint? Like. Like adulting? Yeah, like adulting. Like becoming an adult. adult. The act of becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. Six-pack of sainting. Sainting. So the act of becoming right. a saint. All right, question number one. This is a back and forth, though? Sure. Okay. I got the first one for you. Okay. Question number one. What was the uh, silliest thing you ever did to try to be holy? And like looking back, you, you just think it was so ridiculous. Um, well, <laughs> I can't say one of the things. Okay. Um, but, you know... One of your saints, St. Saint Francis of Assisi, um, tradition would tell us that to save his purity, he, he would throw himself into thorn bushes. Like, and and mm-hmm. like, like, honestly, like, in some ways, like, I, like, to go to the, to the extent to, sit, to, to be saintly, like, to save yourself, to save your, your purity, like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to throw myself in yeah. a thorn bush really cracks me up, you know? <laughs> and, and I think we should be more committed, you know? I never threw myself in a thorn. You never faced over in a Although, you know, as a teenager, I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have ran through. Um, the silliest thing I ever did. Like something you would laugh about just thinking about, like, oh, yeah. I, I wore a cross tight around my neck, like nice. almost to my Adam's apple for a long time. And tight? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was like the, the thing. That was the thing. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. I would, but I would look back and. And laugh about it. <laughs> Not putting anybody down who does that, but no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll come back at you. Question number two. Mm-hmm. All right, what is the funniest Christian T-shirt you ever had? That I ever had? Yeah. Oof. Or or saw that you were like, man, that's sainting right there. <laughs> um. Hmm. That's a good question. I would guess. I remember those shirts that had like, I can't remember how many, but it was something like 10 to 12 arguments for the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. on a t-shirt. Right. And uh, I was like, wow, mm. it's a heck of a t-shirt. It's a heck of a t-shirt. I didn't t-shirt. have one. But I remember seeing one. it and I was like, wow. I remember way back in the day, way back in the day, there was the famous gym was called Gold's Gym. Yeah. Where everybody worked out and like all, you know, like the, all the people... And so someone came up with a T-shirt called God's Gym or something. It was like Jesus, like he was like super buff, like lifting a cross, and that was the T-shirt. <laughs> I, I do remember myself, one I, I had because I did this retreat, and we made this shirt. But it was it was called their retreat theme was be transformed, and we made this like Jesus transformer guy. Oh gosh, see that's the cheese. <laughs> that's the cheese right on top of the cracker right there. <laughs> Uh, all right, question number three. Yeah. The third question. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when you are working with folks that like just get into this idea of actually becoming holy, right? Like maybe they never even thought about that. Like I'm just going to show up to mass and go to mass and it's fine. And then they, they just learn this idea that, oh, I can like love Jesus all the time, right? Mm-hmm. What's kind of your go-to advice of a good place to kind of start with that initial desire? Here's what you do with that. What's like a good go-to? Well, I, you know, if someone's new to walking with Jesus, they shouldn't do it alone, you know, because mm-hmm. I think forming ourselves is really dangerous, you know, and that's why the, the church has always done a great job in a sense of like its mission to form us, right, um, spiritually, theologically, prayerfully, you know, and so what I would say is find people who are ahead of you walking with the Lord and sur- be around them, like, you know, be around them, like learn. We don't learn holiness or sainthood by osmosis. We learn by watching, by doing, by seeing, you know. This is why the church is very physical. The sacraments are tangible signs, you know, like, you know, they're they're touchable, you know, like there, there's a part of that where we see, we do, we watch, we imitate. And this is what Christianity has always been about. Jesus uh, taught uh, by living, and they watched, and they imitated Jesus, right? What would Jesus, you know, how would he act? What would he do? And I think so, if you're new, like, it's important to find real, authentic, good people who are trying to walk for Jesus imperfectly as they are and be with them. I like that. Okay. That's what I did. We're on question That's number what four? I do. Yes. Yeah, and don't stop doing it. Question number four. Okay, so there's an injured reserve list like one of your draft your five draftees got hurt in the first game you had to put him on or her on injured reserve oh no which means you had to go to free agency yeah and pick up a saint Mm -hmm. to join your team to join my team who would it be and we're like mid-season so we just got to jump right in mid-season they're not gonna have an off-season but you're making a playoff run so you need (laughs) you need like someone to step in and play right away hmm I would have to go with someone like very sturdy and reliable and practical, like St. Francis de Sales. Okay. Who can handle pretty much anything thrown at him hmm. with grace and because he's got to be on his feet. Like he didn't have the the training we all had in the summer. And you know what I'm saying? He came in in shape. Yeah, he's got to be and ready to roll. Ready and, like, to roll. Like level headed and could Consistent. be malleable and learn. St. Francis de Sales, um, a bishop who was a great spiritual director, and he wrote the book Introduction to Devout Life. And in all seriousness, if you have not read that book and you're serious about holiness, it should be on your top ten list for sure um, because it is very practical and centered around lay life, hmm. you know, which is not... Most of the spiritual works of the church's history are not for lay people. They're written for nuns and monks, hmm. you know, and they're still useful. Right, absolutely. But St. Francis de Sales wrote practical things for husbands, fathers, wives, you know, I like that. And so Introduction to Devout Life, put that on your reading list. And I would want him bringing that heat to the game. I love it. <laughs> I like that. All right, question number five. Um, if you – well, first of all, who is your confirmation saint? But if you could re-choose a confirmation saint, who would it be? That's a good one. My confirmation saint uh, was St. Paul because that's my name. That makes sense. Um, And I knew very little about him at the time. And I don't know if you know this, but there's also a St. George. Oh, yeah, the the Dragon Slayer. The Dragon Slayer. So 
Um, those those were my two, and I think I picked one. I think it was St. Paul, though, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know about either of them. Mm-hmm. So, but if I have if I was getting confirmed today and I had to pick a saint name, yeah, which is different yeah. than your your uh, team, right? Because this saint name is like who do you identify with? Mm-hmm. Who's like you know? It's like more yeah you right. So who would you pick today? Oh gosh, you know, um, who do I desire to be like? You know, I would, you know, I'm I'm going. There's so many that's rolling through my mind right now, but mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going the marriage route. I'm going Saint Joseph. Hey, downward mobility. Good job serving his family. That is strong. You know, very hidden in scripture. He really should be the coach of our team. Loving too. his wife yeah. and his kids, his kid. You know, doing what he's got to do. The whole deal. So that's strong. Saint Jose, pray for us. That's good. that's a good accent. <laughs> you like that? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Question number six. Yes. Here we go. Okay. So um, the act of sainting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you could give one practical tip, okay, to just you know we talked about surrounding yourself commu- with community, the sacraments. But if you could give one just practical tip to someone who. Uh, you know, wants to take that step into just living the life that God wants them to live, what, what would you say? One practical tip, if I could only give one, would be to daily pray for the help of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit prays within us, right? Right. And really, when you're a saint, what we mean by a saint, like someone who the church could look to and say, everyone should live like this person, that's a canonizable saint. Yeah. That person, every act begins with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. is done under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And when they sin, um, they repent with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a life lived in the Spirit. This is why the Catechism calls it life in the Spirit, right? So the thing is, there's so much to learn and do. I mean, Paul, you and I have been at this for a little while, but I don't know about you, but. I finally got to a point where I realized that there's way more that I don't know than do know mm-hmm. about the faith and about, like, I only know enough to know that I don't know so much, yeah. right? Yeah, but and, it, yeah, yeah, and there was a point where I learned so much that I had to take a break. My head wasn't going to explode, <laughs> and now I realize I need so much more. You know, like, yeah, yeah it's like non-ending. So but, we're never going to learn enough to be a saint. But the but Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there, and he... He's the teacher, the he great the teacher. teacher. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit needs to be, need to be active in our life. And so I would say take up the habit of daily asking for the help of the Holy Spirit. And God, it's it's one of the only prayers that God will always say yes to. Dude, I love it. So 2019 draft, man. This was a good show. Go Saint. Yeah, if you like it, love it, share it. Uh, listen to it on the podcast. Go to discovertheartofliving.com. You can support the show uh, right there under the podcast. Or you can go on iTunes, Google Play. SoundCloud, share the show, and uh, dude, I or, wish I yeah. wish we had a call in. We could do like a big draft. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this again. Well, we already have a team that could all play for. That's true. The the Saints. The Saints. <laughs> Literally. Literally. The Saints. Yeah. All right. So anyway, thanks Adam uh, for Thank being you, here. Thank you, Paul. Thanks everyone for listening in, and we will be back next week. Paul and Adam, Art of Living. God bless.